Good morning, good morning. Breakfast is sponsored today in loving memory of uh, Aliza Farhabat Farha Amam, Aleha Shalom, sponsored by her grandson Avi Sutton, and in loving memory of Nathan Marcus, Aleha Shalom, Lilun Nishmat Natan and Ben Rachel, Aleha Shalom, sponsored by the Marcus family. When Am Yisrael emerges from the, uh, from the Yamsuf, they, they sing the most beautiful song, As Yashir Moshe Ubnei Yisrael. Then they sang this amazing song uh, of thanks to God. I sing to God, for God has become elevated. He drowned the, uh, the, sus, the, the horse and the rider of the Egyptians. What's interesting is something that's brought down by, uh, uh, by Cham Ben Zion Abba Shaul, and it's a beautiful piece. He says, if you notice, there are two different expressions. One is the expression we just sa- said. The song of the Jews was, he dr- that he drowned the Egyptians. The other thing is, and God saved on that day the Jews from the hands of the Egyptians. In the story of uh, the splitting of the sea, there are two distinct points. One point is the saving of the Jews. The second point is the destruction of the Mitzrim, of the Egyptians. Those are two separate things. And in fact, they accomplished two separate things. But what's fascinating to notice is who is paying attention to what. The Jewish people look at this story, at the splitting of the sea, and God could have allowed them to get to the other side, delayed the Egyptians, and had them just sit back, you know, on the other side. Would the Jews have been saved? They would have been saved. The Egyptians couldn't get them. What would have happened to the Egyptians? They would have got away scot-free. But actually, the punishment of the Egyptians, and the fact that when a Rasha, when someone who's practicing genocide on another nation, when someone who's torturing other human beings receives their punishment, that results in a Kiddush Hashem. When you see that righteous people are rewarded and the evil people are punished and, uh, and, and uh, they get their, their just retribution, that results in a Kiddush Hashem. People recognize that there's God in the world. So therefore, when the Jewish people were singing, what were they singing about? Were they singing about the fact that they were saved? No. I sing to God because God is elevated. Why? They're not even talking about themselves getting saved. What are they talking about? The fact that the Egyptians were destroyed. And the reason why they were talking about that is because they were glad the great simcha that the Jews had in that moment was the fact that God's name was glorified. On the flip side, what is God doing in that moment? He's not thinking about the destruction per se for the sake of the glorification of his name. He's thinking about the fact that he's taking care of the Jewish people. This idea is mirrored in the Gemara and Berachot. The Gemara and Berachot tells us that just like we wear tefillin down here on earth, Borei Olam, God and Shemaim also wears a spiritual set of tefillin. What does it say on our tefillin? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Hear, O Israel. Hashem, your God, Hashem is one. Artifilin declares the unity, the singularity of God as the only power in the world. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. 
For God also wears a pair of tefillin, and you know what it says in his tefillin? Yisrael asher b'chayet pa'ar. How the Jewish people, goy echad ba'aretz. They are one people. There's no, uh, they're a singular nation on earth. This concept that Borei Olam, the God in heaven wears, tefillin that speak about how special and how unique we are, while we wear tefillin that speaks about how unique God is, that is the ultimate love story. It defines the nature of what a couple looks like when they operate in pure love, where a husband and wife or a parent and child or two great friends have the ultimate level of friendship, of love, of connection, is where each one of the sides is not worrying about themselves, but they're engaged in a relationship where each one is worrying completely about the other. In such a nature, obviously, it doesn't work in every relationship. If you have a giver sitting in a relationship with a taker, then the giver is giving, 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 and the taker is just saying, Azaku Baruch. They're not, there's no reciprocation. But in a healthy relationship, where each side is look, looking out for, busy fighting for, you have the last cookie, you have the last cookie, where each side is worrying about what the other side is going to achieve, or what the other side is going to receive, that is the most beautiful of relationships. We, when we talk about the Jewish people here, I'm not only talking about people whose great-great-grandfather was Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. There are many people who have joined the Jewish people throughout the ages, gerim, uh, converts that have done it in the proper way, you know, and those people now become a part of this goy echad ba'aretz, this singular group of people that they spend their time chasing and worrying about God's honor in this world, about God's mitzvot in this world. What does the world look like when it is God-like? And that is the story of Vayosha Amunai Vayomahuet Yisrael Miyad Mitzrayim, where God is worrying about saving the Jews but not destroying the Egyptians. And the Jewish people are speaking about God's praise, not in the fact that they are saved, which is about them, but in the fact that God ultimately is, uh, pr- provides this tremendous Kiddush Hashem in the world through the uh, elicitation of judgment and of justice uh, to the people that deserve it the most. What an unbelievable job, an unbelievable mission it is for us in our lives. And I have to say something which might be a little bit difficult. Sometimes, in deciding that you want to be this kind of giver, it means that you need to manage your relationships a little bit better. We sometimes like to be friendly with everybody. And that's a wonderful thing to have uh, uh, friendships and, and have this congeniality that you can get along with everybody. But the more friends a person has the more of a price and a toll that that takes on their unique relationships. The more uh, people you're entertaining in this wide group of friends that you're maintaining, that's quality time that gets taken away from time that you can invest in real, true uh, friends and relationships. Sometimes a person needs to understand if this is the paradigm of wonderful relationships, then on the flip side, You also have to understand how much time and effort am I putting into relationships where this is not the case. Now, of course, you can maintain as many of those as you can. But at the same time, we need great friends. We need to be able to focus on what we've got with regards to our family. And if sometimes other things are costing or getting in the way of that, because we have a finite amount of time, sometimes a person needs to learn to manage that and figure out what 
relationships and interactions can I be in where this is the case, where I could worry only about giving to them because I know that in their heart of hearts, the nature of this person is to be reciprocal. Not that I'm angling for that, but that this is the type of person that I really want to invest in. You know, the Torah, <clears throat> the Torah values this authenticity to such a tremendous degree, and that's what it means in the Mishnayot and Avot, where we're talking about uh, uh, this idea of picking and kinelecha chaver um, by buying a friend. And one of the things I was teaching in the Pirkei Avot class uh, to the women on, the tu- on Tuesday is that it sounds like a misnomer because the one thing you know if you bought yourself a friend is that that friend is not a friend. But the word kene doesn't just mean that you bought them with money. Kene can mean that you acquire a friend. You bought a friend with the time and the effort and the selflessness with which you put into uh, that friendship. Aside from that, the word kene also has a alternate meaning. Like we say in the, in the Amidah, kone hakol. It doesn't mean that God bought everything in the world in Walmart. What does it mean, kone hakol, that God bought everything? It means God created everything. Therefore, everything belongs to him by virtue of the fact that he has the creative rights uh, over the things that he made. This concept of fashioning a friend, uh, working to build a friend, creating that friend, then how does one create that friend by the investment that they put into worrying about the other, thinking about the other. Rabotai, nobody's perfect. And sometimes people are very bitter when it comes to friendships so that they only know how to reach out to me and they only know how to be with me and they only know how to be here for me um, when, when they need something. And my mother sent me something this morning, and uh, I appreciated it so much. I thought, you know what, I need to share it with everybody here today. She sent me a little, uh, a little uh, uh, image or a, a meme, they call it, and it really resonated. And it goes, don't feel bad if people remember you only when they need you. Feel privileged that you are like a candle that comes to their mind when there is darkness. On the one hand, there are relationships within which we are equals with the people uh, that we are relating to. Uh, It's a friend, it's a spouse, you're each putting in the same amount. But sometimes when a person thinks of their children, they think, well, one second, I'm putting so much more in here that I'm getting out of it. This kid, all he has is chutzpah, he doesn't really listen, he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. What kind of thing is it? I should maybe focus on my other children, or have more, or sell these and adopt others. I don't know what your person's thinking. But the point is that in, in a certain stage, at a certain stage, a person can also recognize that in, uh, uh, at certain stages in a relationship, they are not the equal, even when it's a friend, even when it's a spouse. At a certain stage, that uh, another person might be feeling a, a little more in a, in, a, in a dark place, in a vulnerable place. And then the relationship changes the dynamic. Now your function is not to be an equal, but perhaps to be a candle. May HaKadosh Baruch Baruch bless us with the selflessness to be able to have in our relationships, both with God like the Jewish people in Az Yashir, where they're focused on the other and God on the other, uh, with both with our relationships with our families uh, and with our relationships with our children and friends, to be able to be that friend that we wish uh, that we had. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi